Well, good morning. Glad you could watch today. On the road, as you can see, this is not my normal place. I'm in a hotel uh, for the next couple of days. Uh, I'm at a pastor's conference, actually, and very much looking forward to catching up with some friends, spending time with uh, uh, some other brothers, and hearing some great teaching, and just looking forward to a really refreshing time. And that'll start a little later on today, so I had a little time this morning, thought I would try to post a podcast. And um, uh, we're going to go ahead today and continue in our study in Colossians, which we've uh, uh, left behind a few days, a few episodes back as we talked about some other things. But today I want to jump back into it. And uh, as we mentioned, this is a letter in which Paul uh, presents Christ in really lofty terms, talking much about what he's done and accomplished for us in that. And here in chapter 1, where we left off last time, uh, Paul uh, continues on that idea. We talked last time about how uh, Paul and Timothy and, and, and uh, Paul's entourage, not, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking uh, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy uh, of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, and bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God and being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. And that's where we left off last time. And so I encourage you to listen to those previously because, again, they're just these wonderful um, pastorally minded things that Paul is praying for for the Colossians, that they would recognize uh, what they have, what they are in Christ. And he continues on this today, as in verse 12, he goes on, and he says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you, or qualified us in many manuscripts, to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Again, what we have and what we are in Christ, what he's done for us, and these really, really important things that we need to not just know in our heads, but understand and embrace even in our hearts. For when we do, we realize just what the richness of being in Christ is all about um, and all that flows from that. And so here he talks about how the Father has qualified us. Well, if we're qualified, if he's qualified us, the implicit truth is that there was a time when we were unqualified. In other words, we were not able, worthy, capable of, we were not um, qualified to have this redemption, this forgiveness of sins, and all that that brings with us. As a matter of fact, look again at the passage, verses 12 through uh, 14 here, where it talks about what he's done and, and what he's given us. He has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness. He's transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness. That's a, an amazing thing to consider. And I might just kind of spend a little time on that first part here. He has, as it says, qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Well, what has he qualified us for? What has he taken us from that position of being unqualified for and ultimately qualified us for? The inheritance of the saints in light. In light rather than in darkness, which he has transferred us out of that kingdom, that domain the power, really, is what that word domain means, the domain, the power of darkness. He's pulled us out of that and has instead brought us into the kingdom of light. And there's an inheritance there, which he's qualified us for. In other words, this is not something that we have earned in and of ourselves. It's not something that we have deserved. It's not something we've worked for and earned. We were completely and wholly unqualified for this. Why? Well, in the same way that he tells us that we have redemption, we have been uh, we have the forgiveness of sins. 
that tells us where we were before. Uh, the idea of redemption speaks of being bought back. Okay, and you can sort of picture this idea of like slaves on a trading block and being uh, having their freedom purchased for them. And that's exactly what Christ did for us in giving us the forgiveness of sins. Again, something that he has given us. Forgiveness is not something we've earned or worked for, but rather it's a gift of God. It's something that is accomplished fully through the finished work of Christ, and then it is bestowed upon us. It is given to us, and it pays the ransom that our sin uh, had cost us. We find ourselves on the trading block as slaves to sin and darkness, but it is ultimately through that price, that ransom that Jesus paid on the cross, having died for every one of our sins, past, present, and future, that he sets us free from that position. And ultimately now we become inheritors of that inheritance of the saints in light, uh, having delivered us from that one place, now bringing us to this new place as sons and daughters. You know, it's really sons and daughters that stand to inherit. Um, you know, when my parents pass, what they have will be passed on to my sister and I. The same kind of a thing happens all the time. One day when my wife and I pass, our daughter will inherit what we have. Um, and so this, this idea is something we're familiar with, but the grandness of it is something that we so often underappreciate when it comes to what this means in terms of our relationship with God and in what Christ has afforded us now. As a matter of fact, uh, in 1 Peter, if you want to turn there, in 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter speaks about this idea of the inheritance of the saints, and he talks about it uh, in some pretty descriptive terms. Uh, in verse 3, uh, he says here to start with, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great or abundant mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Okay, first off, we have a living hope. Okay, there is a living hope that is rooted in Christ and his resurrection from the dead. Because he lives, so too shall I live. Not only in eternity, but even in newness of life now. And he goes on, not only through the res uh, uh, that he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And he goes on to speak about how even though there's suffering in these things that we go through right now, we do so with the knowledge that one day we'll stand to, 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 to move into that inheritance that ultimately God has set aside for us. But this inheritance, notice how he describes it. This idea that there is an inheritance that is imperishable. In other words, it, it is not able to perish. It will never end. It does not stop. It doesn't die. It doesn't disappear. It is imperishable. Uh, it is also undefiled. There is no... Um, there is no... Um, darkness in it. It is absolutely pure and good in every way. And there's nothing that takes away from that. And that it's unfading. It doesn't rust or decay or, or, or you know, fritter away. It, it, it stays that promised possession. It's something that is sure and that we can know is there. And he goes on to say here, and it's kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being kept or being guarded. Right? And the idea there is that God has not only set this inheritance there waiting for us, and it will be there when we get there, but it will also, it's also that we are being kept for it. Okay? It's not just that the inheritance is waiting for us, but God is saying he's keeping us for that inheritance. He set it aside for us, and he's making sure 
that we inherited. Wow, you know, none of this is because of what, you know, how good we are or, or, or because we tried so hard and all these kinds of things, or we work to keep it or to earn it or anything like that at all. But rather, this is all of God. What grace, what an amazing thing to think about. You know, our human nature is such where we feel like we have to deserve things. And I get that. Obviously, I get that. You know, when we, uh, we live in a society and a culture that rewards effort for success and, and, uh, and you work hard and you gain things in that. And so there's something sort of ingrained in us when it comes to these kinds of things. But that's one of the things that makes the gospel so beautiful is that this is something, this inheritance we speak of, is something that we are so woefully unqualified for. There is no reaching up to finally grab hold of it. There's no getting the brass ring if we try hard enough or anything like that. None of those things are possible. But God, right? But God. He ultimately sets up this inheritance, this beautiful living hope and all that comes with it, all that's associated with it. And then he promises us that it's there. But then he goes even further and he promises that we'll get there, that we will inherit it. Uh, boy, I, you know, I hate to diminish, um, you know, talking about such lofty things, but I, I have to say, if I'm being honest, there's an example I thought about from a, a comedy sitcom years ago. Uh, m- most of you probably know Seinfeld and that. Well, he's, you know, the episode, he goes to rent a car and he's got the reservation and he goes there and they don't have the car. And he's talking to her about, well, I had a reservation. And she said, well, we don't have the cars. And he says, well, then what's the point of having the reservation? And they go back and forth on this whole kind of thing. And he's explaining what a reservation's all about. And she says, sir, I know what a reservation is. And he says, I don't think you do. And then he goes on to talk about anybody can make a reservation, but it's holding the reservation that's the important part. Well, you know, I don't know that Jerry Seinfeld ever would have imagined that a sermon that makes such a great sermon illustration. But, uh, but, but it really kind of does, because that's essentially what Peter is talking about here. The idea that not only has God, ha- not only is there something reserved in heaven for us, but it's being kept there for us. And again, even further, he's keeping us for it. What an incredibly glorious truth uh, to consider. Uh, again, we think of Jesus, uh, we ought to think of Jesus in such beautiful, lofty terms in recognizing all that he's accomplished, what ultimately has been done through what he has finished on our behalf. What a beautiful, glorious thing to rest in. And I would challenge you to think on these things, to understand what it is that God has promised and also recognize that he's promised to hold you and I to that point. Well, that like it's a very natural progression then for Peter to go on and then speak about how we can rejoice in the midst of trials and circumstances that are difficult. Um, that, that when we find ourselves in a life that is hard and difficult and we are, are challenged and there's even maybe persecution like they would have experienced, that there is a shelf life to those things. But there is an imperishable reward that never fades away, that's reserved, kept in heaven uh, for us. And God has set a guard about us that we might get there and enjoy that inheritance when the time comes. Beautiful truths, lofty truths, something to think about, meditate upon, and to certainly be grateful for and thank the Lord for. Well, I'm going to go ahead and leave it there for today, and we'll continue to make our way through the passages in the days to come. But that that just really struck me as I was reading through it again this morning, just that, just that beautiful sense of what it is that God has done for us and ultimately how he's holding us and bringing us 
to that place is security in knowing that it's not through our efforts that we get there, but it is through his grace and his grip. And we're in the grip of his grace. So, Father, we just want to thank you. What a beautiful thing to consider. And we pray that you'd help us to consider very, very deeply uh, what it is that you've accomplished through your son for us. We thank you that we are forgiven and free. We've been bought off the slave trading block and we've been given our freedom. And Father, um, how can one be set free from such a position and not respond with gratitude? Father, sometimes we just sort of forget and take for granted just how, uh, how great the divide was that you bridged in reaching out to us and saving us. Uh, Father, help us never to, to let that be some, become sort of a common thing for us, become just something we take lightly, but help us to never lose sight of how, how far you reached down to us and how far you've lifted us up from that place. And thank you that we'll stand in your presence unashamed. Thank you that we'll uh, stand to inherit. Father, so much we have to be thankful for. And so we bless you and praise you and pray that in our hearts and in our lives, day after day, until we see you coming, until uh, you come for us, I should say, when the Lord comes to take us home, uh, help us to live in response to that goodness. Father, we praise you, we bless you, and we love you. And we pray that you'd watch over us until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, as always, I'd like to just point out if you have any comments or thoughts, uh, any praise for just you know some of the things we think about. It might just be that you want to share your gratitude and uh, with the with the what the Lord's done and everything through through these truths. Um, go ahead and share it and encourage one another in that. But you can comment. You can reach out on the comments uh, below here on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can also email me, uh, whether it's through our church website at CalvaryChapelFranklin.com, or whether it's through my personal website at ParsonsPad.com. Uh, you can always reach out there as well. And I always appreciate hearing from you and interacting with you. And, uh, and I do pray that, again, you would think on these things and, and just celebrate what God has done and rejoice. One day we'll get to thank him face to face. Uh, in our day, we thank him through the way we live in response to these things. But one day we'll actually get to gather around the throne and we'll see him and we'll be able to worship and just thank him for what a beautiful gift he's given us. So God bless you as you spend your day. I pray it goes before you, and I look forward to catching up with you again next time. Amen.